All right. All right. All right. Okay. Woo. Welcome back to another episode of, oh, here's a little marketing for you. I'm Ellie Hicks and Ellen is having issues with her hair. <laughs> I'm Ellen Cernko. I'm John Young and I didn't get my pen stuck in my hair. Aw. <laughs> Happy for you, John. Thank you. Um, all right. So each week we talk about how to get the most out of your marketing as a small business or nonprofit organization. Um, last week we talked about how to plan for 2023 and how to get the most out of all of your marketing efforts and just kind of talked around planning in general. Um, so this week we wanted to kind of share a few useful tips and things to keep in mind as we start the new year. Um, so, I mean, there are a couple of just small updates, things to keep in mind as you're heading into this new year. Um, and then also just maybe some new things for you to consider, uh, as you're, creating your marketing plan for the year, things that you might not already currently be doing if you wanted to kind of step out of the box or try something new. So um, any thoughts before we get into it, kids? Yeah, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, be sure to listen to that first um, if you're not sure where to start with your planning for 2023 or really any year that you're listening to this. I feel like last week's episode was a pretty evergreen conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you don't know where to start with your digital marketing planning, go listen to that episode. Basically, we, anytime if you're looking at all our podcasts and you see a part one and part two, part one is so chock full of knowledge and probably <laughs> some malarkey that you definitely want to listen to both. It's true. We've yes. never intended to do a part two of any episode until we got into leftovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've never we've never gone into an episode saying this is going to be a part two episode. It just ends up to be we get halfway through our agenda and say. We don't have time for all this. Let's like do we have week. talked way too much. Part We're one actually. I'm going to go out on a, limb, on a limb here and say like part two is probably always better because we actually talk about the things that we're like okay we actually have to get to this stuff. <laughs> That's true. We leave we leave the least exciting things but most important things to last. Yeah, like our part um, one. <laughs> uh, but in last week's episode, we also referenced a few other really good episodes to check out if you are in the planning stage of your um marketing efforts right now. Um, so I think just kind of reviewing a few of those is a good idea too, if you need some additional help, but, um, just listen to all our episodes. Yeah. Just obviously subscribe, smash that like button, smash that like button, subscribe to our podcast and just get endless knowledge about marketing from the best marketing experts ever. Join the two (laughs) or three, I mean, two or 3000 people that have already listened to our episodes and just like, and subscribe. Please. Like and subscribe, yeah. We got <laughs> <laughs> to pay those bills, y'all. Yeah. Let's sell them ads. Spotify ain't putting us up for nothing. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, let's go ahead and just get into it. Um, so again, just a few tips to keep in mind here as you're planning. Um, one of the big things that's happening in the marketing world, in the digital marketing world right now is Google Analytics. Um, switching over their platform so it's no longer going to be on Universal. Is that what it's called? Universal? Universal Analytics. Analytics. Universal Analytics. um, It's switching over to GA4 in the summer. I think July is when everything has to be switched over. Until they Um, say it's not, but yes, that's the current one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ellen, I feel like you probably know a little bit more about this. Do you want to touch on that one? Whoa. No, yes, maybe. I know a little bit. Um, I haven't been able to dive in as much as I'd like to at this point, mostly because like things keep on changing a lot with it, yeah. um, especially with like what actually connects to 
like third party systems like it's no longer called data studio what is it called now looker studio what looker studio yeah it's like they're yeah, you really know getting that, into like the facebook world of naming things and it's making me upset do you know um, this is an important thing that i have to say right now do you know um wind chimes and like yes you know i know what have, wind chimes well, are okay hold on i'm sorry that was a really yes. stupid way to start this okay so wind chimes but you know how there's like bamboo wind chimes yes my friend and I always joke because we hate the sound of bamboo wind chimes that when something sounds like, for example, Looker Studio, and it just like sounds like it's like deep in your throat when you're saying it, that's like what bamboo wind chimes sound like. So when we say something that is like that, like someone, we, one of us just shouts bamboo wind chimes. And that's what I always want to say when you say Looker Studio. So sorry, continue. That was my tangent for the day. Wow. Ellie, this is supposed to be a succinct episode. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I was thinking. Succinct, not long-winding, long-winding, windy not, bamboo not long. I thought that that was very relevant and important. Sorry. I mean, it was. It just took 30 minutes to get there. So anyway. I think, I think well, it was technically years. 28 seconds. <laughs> It's really bad. I feel like we're being so mean to Ellie today. Well, you started by me and mean to me, and then Ellie was mean to me by saying that you're the expert on Google Analytics. Anyway. anyway. Oh, John, um, are you an expert on Google Analytics? Yeah, please. So okay, there do, are a few I things. I wrote it. Hey, kids. Sorry. <laughs> Normally, it's Sorry, John Mom. calling us kids. <laughs> I know. Um, here's the first thing to check on is um, double check that your Google Analytics account is set up because um, we've talked to a lot of small businesses or nonprofits that don't even know if their website is connected to Google Analytics or not. And if not, you're in this really beautiful place where you don't even have to worry about Universal Analytics. um, And you can just start off with a GA4 account. Um, So be sure to check in on that first. If you have questions about it or you're not sure where to go, your digital marketer should know exactly where to go. And if not, you can give us a call. If you are on UA and you need to switch over to GA4, that is something that your digital marketer can also help with. Um, The most important thing there obviously is going to be like continuing to be able to track the numbers that you're looking for. There are a few different analytics that are going to kind of, or different metrics that are going to change over with GA4. Like they're focusing more on like buzzwords like engagement and like, like, Uh, like engaged sessions and stuff like that versus Mm -hmm. just like straight up views or um, like um, how long somebody spent on their site on your site. So I would double check those. And then I think the most important thing is going to be making sure that everything um, is set up correctly still in your digital ads account as well. Um, Like Mm -hmm. if you're tracking anything in GA4 from your Google ads account, make sure that that's right as rain as well. Yeah, that was the one thing I was going to say when you were saying like different like third-party integrations and stuff. I have personally had some issues with connecting the Google Ads accounts to the GA4 account. Um, Not so much the connecting it, but getting it to pull in the correct information or getting to, I guess, see the correct analytics or numbers within GA4 that I want to see. Um, So... I it just kind of results in utilizing the Google Ads platform more for their analytics, um, which I typically tend to do anyway. But just a heads up, that's one of the integrations that I have struggled with a little bit to get to pull in the information that I need it to. Yeah, I think at least what I've noticed from somebody that's not 
quite as much on the technical side as like John or our other developer Shiba would be with this kind of stuff is that like they're changing a lot of like descriptions and like mm-hmm. just the things that they use to say what things mean. Um, so like that's going to be the most frustrating thing, especially if you don't live in the world of digital marketing day in, day out, is that you may be looking for something that you have been able to find in Google ads for the last like seven or eight years. And now it's called something completely different or it's roped into a different number. Um, so I think that's going to be like the biggest headache. I think once we all get switched over, it is going to be beneficial in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also just kind of seems like they're making it maybe a little bit more difficult to find like specific numbers that you're looking for. Um, so don't try to go into it alone. If you don't have somebody in your corner that you can ask questions about with this switchover, I would contact somebody now so that you're not, you know, freaking out by the time mm-hmm. that it's summer. Um, yeah. We could be your analytics buddy. Yeah. We can. It's like yeah. accountability buddy, but with analytics. I like that. Analy- Analytical buddy? Analytic buddy. That sounds yeah. weird. Let's not do that. Bamboo wind chimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to become a thing, Hicks. It's a thing. It's, Sorry. It, I mean, it's um, a thing in your world. Mo- it's not moving on. Moving anyway. on. Just kidding. John, did you have any last thoughts on no, analytics I, GA4? No. no um, I'm sorry. Question. I just, you know, no. okay. I don't All know right. anything. I just I just install code. It's fine. Oh, my God. No, I think uh, the, the, other, the other thing you could do. I think is you can have them running concurrently. Um, mm-hmm. You can have your your old and or soon to be old UA code running with your GA code. That way, you do have a little bit of overlap, so you can see the differences in the numbers. And also, mm-hmm. uh, if you install, let's say you install your uh, Google Analytics code uh, GA four code right now, that's when the stats start. So uh, this time next year, you'll be able to look at year over year stats uh, as opposed to if you wait till July, you're not going to be able to do that. You're going to have to compare them to your old stats. So. You can run them both at the same time. It doesn't really have any conflicts. It might have conflicts in ads, but I don't know that world as much as you do. I don't think that there would be conflicts, but don't quote me on that one, folks. (laughs) We'll look into it. See. All right. Um, So the next kind of big thing as the world of marketing is just ever changing um, that we think that you should just keep in mind is keeping an eye on the impact or the need for the different social media channels. Um, So something that we talk about a lot is, and we answer a lot from clients or potential clients is the need for Twitter and also discussing the changes that have happened on Facebook over, even just over the last couple of years, there've been so many changes and just issues. And so keeping in mind, you know, what's relevant and one, what's relevant just in general, and two, what's actually relevant for your business. Um, so, like, do you actually need a Twitter? Do you need a Facebook? Ellen, go ahead. I can answer that question talk. for you. If yes. you are a business or a nonprofit in 2023 and you haven't started a Twitter, you don't need a Twitter. Um, yes. Just move on with your lives. Like, I'll let you know if something changes. It won't. But <laughs> don't start a Twitter. Yeah. The end. Like of, you, that's the end of the episode. Okay, we're done. Yeah, uh, the end. Thank you. That's the only bit of advice we have. It's the most important thing. Um, but yeah, I I did. I've gotten that question about before, where somebody was wondering if they should start a Twitter. I think that if you have a Twitter account and you have a lot of followers and a lot of engagement currently, and you want to keep do- <clears throat> doing that, that's completely fine. I would keep an eye on it. Just see how it goes. Um, but again, if you even have, if you even have an established Twitter account, but you just don't 
have like, like you have like 20 followers and no engagement, then like, I definitely think it's fine to let that go. But just like you said, Ellen, like definitely we don't, we don't need to be creating a Twitter account in 2023. Nope. I was trying to, I'm logging on to see. Yeah. Like uh young Terry, we've got a, we've got 3,500 followers. Uh, Decent. but we, yeah. our last tweet was March, 2020. Mm-hmm. So right, right when he announced the new dairy store opening slash shut the world shut down. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but we, I mean, the, the last post is basically saying visit our Instagram and Facebook pages for the latest news because yeah. we're not going to, we're not going to be here anymore. So yeah. Young's is well ahead of the, let's not do Twitter anymore wagon, but it would have also been dumb for us to just kill it because a, someone could grab your handle and be nasty and then mm-hmm. B Twitter might become a thing again when Elon goes, makes it goes bankrupt and then someone else buys it and turns it into a usable network again. That might be something you want to do. So it's there because mm-hmm. I think it's important uh, when we're talking about social media channels, you should go out and own your brand on those channels. I think that's important because again, you don't want someone grabbing it, uh, especially a competitor grabbing it yeah. and making fun of you. That's, uh, you know, it starts the legal war. So go ahead and grab them uh, and then maybe just do what we did and just post a link, say, we're not here, go here. Uh, this yeah. is where we're actually interacting, but yeah, I don't uh, actually starting a Twitter account and 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 using tweeting. it religiously. <laughs> yeah. yeah, tweeting, tweeting. I you know I I wouldn't. I mean, shout it out has a Twitter account too. Uh, we don't. I basically use it just to use Twitter. We don't we don't do anything on it. So yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I've shared with you guys like my personal last tweet was in 2016, and it said, "Wondering how long I would make it on Naked and Afraid." <laughs> and I think the That's answer really to that would be not even a day, but I'm hopeful and thinking that I could make it till the end. But realistically, maybe like a couple of hours until I get bit by like an ant and then I'm I out. think you can make it like first three out. Like I, I think you wouldn't be first, first out. Okay. I feel like we should start using bamboo wind chimes when we start to get off topic. You too. Oh, Ellen doesn't like us today. Jeez. We have another right. client meeting at 3.30. Okay. I'm done with talking time. about social media channels. Move on. What's next? Okay. It's no fun anymore. Okay. Okay. Keeping y'all on schedule. Um, One more tip. I'm going to kind of jump down to the bottom here really quick because I think it makes more sense um, with our order of things. Uh, the world of digital marketing is continuing to just be inclusive. Like the world in general, we're really working on inclusivity um, and just being aware of everyone in the world and not leaving people out and not being offensive. And I think that that's really important to keep in mind and consider as we head into 2023. Um, it's becoming more and more important to think about how you can be inclusive in your marketing efforts. Um, and especially, you know, to not alienate portions of your target audience. So um, making sure you're representing everybody that could be included in your target audience, um, I think is just, it goes a long way. And not only does it go a long way and like it's a positive thing, but if you don't do that, it is a negative thing. Like people will look at you negatively. It's not even just like, oh, it's a perk if you do it, not a problem. If you don't like, no, we're here, we're inclusive in 2023. We are, we're doing good things. So that is something important to keep in mind. We've talked about this a few times on a few different episodes too of like you might think you know who your target audience is, but if you haven't taken the time to review that mm-hmm. recently, then this may be a good time to do that as well. Absolutely. Um, Disney kind of did something 
a few years ago where they realized that like obviously one of their largest target markets is people with children that would like to come to Disney. But there was a an underserved population of uh, people that wanted to go to Walt Disney World that were Disney adults. Um, and so making more opportunities for people that are, you know, in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s that may not have kids and they just enjoy Disney as an adult. They're not a kid, but they enjoy going to Walt Disney World. They want to have a drink <laughs> like they want to they want to have like an adult experience at the theme park. And so they've really pushed like more inclusive opportunities for Disney adults to get involved in their community over the last probably I'd say like 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. um, so and they you know, they just did that by being able to review who their target markets are and making sure that they're not leaving out not only people that like you shouldn't just leave out, but also like opportunity for revenue. Right. Um, like so there's that can, as well. Yeah. There's a lot of money to be made there. Yeah. Um, I think another really awesome example of this, of being inclusive is one of our clients um, on their social media channel. We always write an image description, like a text image description um, because we're also sharing a lot of images of artwork. Um, and we, we write out a image description so that people who maybe have our vision impaired, um, and use an e-reader or something, something that's reading off the, the language to them, it's reading what the actual image is. Um, and that's the whole purpose of their social media channel is to share art. Um, and, so how can we best convey that artwork for people, for everyone to be able to consume? And that is to, um, you know, describe these images in a way that everyone can, can consume mm -hmm. and interact with. It's even other things like on that note of accessibility, like taking a look at your website and seeing like if there are areas where you can improve accessibility. I would not mm -hmm. say for a minute that I'm an expert in this field. Um, but we have been able to offer our clients a few solutions in order to make their websites more accessible across the board, including a few um, pretty light plugins that can help um, people um, experience your website if they have a, a vision or a hearing impairment. Um, and then just even little things like people don't think about when you say click here um, to view this document or click here for this information. That's not very helpful if you can't see on the screen where here is. Um, so thinking about like the way that you're wording things to make them more inclusive as well for, you know, everybody to experience your website. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can uh, ADA uh, requirements uh, consist of your website. So if you mm -hmm. don't do those things, you can get sued and people have been sued because mm -hmm. your website is a portal into a business, which is every bit the same as you have to have a wheelchair ramp into your business. So mm -hmm. while that's kind of a a gray thing that I don't necessarily fully agree with, but it is a thing. So mm -hmm. at, at least some level of accessibility to your website is is good. Um, mm -hmm. if, as long as you're making a, a general effort, you're probably going to stay out of legal trouble. But I am not a lawyer. So consult yeah, if you have legal questions about this, ask your lawyer. Yeah, talk, <laughs> that's to, talk to them, not us. We'll install a plugin and then hopefully you don't get sued. <laughs> But it's even little things like making sure that your images are named correctly and they have um, solid descriptions with them as well. Like those are really simple things that any small business can do or have their digital marketer be sure that they do. Um, yeah. That doesn't take you any extra time just to like be helpful. Right. <laughs> and renaming your uh, images and making sure they have good descriptions also helps search engines. So, you know. It does. Two birds with one stone. 
Indeed. Be a good person and help your business. Agreed. What a great tip. So we talked about just like a couple of tips to keep in mind um, when you're planning out your marketing, just uh, a couple of things that are kind of coming down the pipeline here. Um, and now just we want to talk about a couple of things that you might not already be doing that you might want to consider if you're looking for something new or um, some new ways to reach your audience. Um, the first one being, have you tried Google ads yet? So we have mentioned that already in this episode, and we've probably mentioned it in the majority of our episodes when we're talking about marketing. But um, Google ads is a way for you to, one, capture people searching for products or services like yours. So they're actively searching for something that you provide. Um, or to just capture people who are on the internet who have um, similarities to your target audience. So um, interests, demographics, locations, um, other things like that. So if they if they match your target audience and you want to get in front of them as they're uh, surfing the web, then you have that opportunity. So Google Ads is a very wonderful way to capture a large part of your audience. Um, and if you aren't already doing it, it is a great thing to consider um, if you have some space in your budget for it. Um, and, you know, there are a million strategies and a million ways you can go with Google Ads, um, depending on your budget and your goals. Um, so it's definitely worth a discussion if you're interested, uh, a discussion with your digital marketer um, or us plug for us. Um, I enjoy doing Google ads. Um, so I would love to help you with that if that's something that you're interested in. Um, but again, that's something that, uh, not everyone, especially people in like the small business world, um, is doing right now, but it, it, it's a great way to establish a presence, uh, next to your competitors, um, in your community. So. Yeah, I think something, else to keep in mind too. I think when small businesses think about digital ads, it can seem like it's a really big thing to do. Like what Allie was saying, like it's not something that's like available for you, but that couldn't be like farther from the truth. Like if you are a local business that's not running ads, the likelihood that you could be um, snagging um, a lot of really great opportunities just by bidding on a few key keywords mm -hmm. um, is high. Um, and one thing I've learned from like listening to Ellie um, coach our different clients through this is if you're just getting started, try not to go like too general. Like I feel like a lot of the times when you start something new, you're like, let's just do something like very general, see how it goes, like go from there. Um, but I think where you see the most success with um, digital ads, particularly like with search ads, is if there's like something very specific that you're trying to go after. Um, like we're mm -hmm. about to have a meeting with a client this afternoon that's just getting started on digital ads. They have a ton of locations that offer a ton of different services. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start with one location. We're going to hyper fixate on that radius around that location and the services that that location provides and capitalize on those keywords um, for that location so they can get the most bang for their buck, basically. Um, so take some time to see, like, you don't have to do everything at once. Just look at one area of your business where you're like, you know what? I feel like we could really see um, some improvement here or we're missing out on leads or I feel like people are searching for this and like we could be the one that shows up for it. Um, 
So don't count yourself short just because you're a small business that you think that you can't do digital ads. Um, Mm -hmm. You definitely can. But I also think it's really helpful to have somebody in your corner that knows what they're doing. Because kind of like these other tools that we talk about a lot, digital ads changes a lot or Google ads changes a lot on the inside. Um, And Ellie's in there all the time. She knows, you know, what everything is and where it's supposed to be. Um, So having somebody like her in your corner is really helpful. She's all up in your business. I am sure. all up in your business. Literally and figuratively. That would be mm-hmm. a really funny business tagline. Yeah, I think uh, the first couple of times that like uh, as a business owner, you get uh, ads from Google a lot. Like, hey, you spend $500 on ads and you know we'll double your money <clears> or whatever. And so you get that and be like, oh, I'll just have people go to my website. And that's, you know, like you're saying, Ellen, that's not a very specific goal. Just have people mm-hmm. view your website. It'd be smarter yeah. if you even like went one step further than that. Like I want people to fill out my contact form. So you direct mm-hmm. that ad to a contact form. That's not very good either, but it's better than just having them go to your homepage. So yeah. uh, I think a lot of small business owners kind of just do that anyway. Like when we have conversations with our prospects of clients, like who's your who's your uh, target audience? I don't know, everyone, because everyone has a roof. So everyone's going to go <laughs> on to get the roof clean. But like that, that's not true. And so the mm-hmm. more you can think about like who literally is your target market or who do I want to spend this $500 trying to reach more? Who's my ideal client? Who do I want to work with more? Who's the most profitable? And you can try to target yeah. those people. Even in, You can do a re- very basic campaign and target a very specific amount of people. Uh, mm-hmm. Ellie does it better than that. But you could take $500, put it into a simple campaign that targets homeowners within your zip code. And that's at least a couple levels deeper than just like, I don't know, anyone in Columbus. I want them to go to mm-hmm. my homepage. So. Yeah. Yeah, because then yeah, you end and- up with like the 14-year-old that's just like Googling random things, clicking on your ad, and you're wasting money. <laughs> And that's the other thing, like, and and we did a whole episode on Google ads. So I would really recommend checking that out if you're interested. Um, And I don't want to get too far into this, but Ellen, just what you said, like, even when you're talking about what people are searching, um, if you don't have a huge budget, um, and I'm going to use Young's as an example, and I think I used it as an example in our Google ads episode too. But um, if you want to reach people who are looking for, you know, what you provide, and we're looking to run a Google ads campaign for Young's Jersey Dairy for their ice cream, if you just bid on ice cream within the general area that you want people to come in, so like, let's say like 40 miles around Yellow Springs, and you just say ice cream, that's going to capture like everyone who's searching for anything ice cream related. Like, even if they're like, what ice cream does Kroger carry? Yeah, or how to make Kroger- your own ice cream. Yeah. Um, so like you can even take it steps further with the keywords you're bidding on and the like how specific you want the search to be to the actual keyword you're bidding on. Um, so that all comes with the whole Google ad strategy. I don't want to get into that right now, even though I would love to, because I do actually really love talking about it. Um, we already got into it. Listen to the other episode. Yeah. Yeah. And if you like, if you like that, call Ellie. Yeah. And I'll talk to you even more about it. And oh, yeah. we'll spend a whole afternoon on it. You'll fall um, asleep listening to it, but it's good stuff. Oh, okay. That's well, not in a negative way. It's just like you're going to talk uh, and talk sounded, and talk about it. Sounds eh. negative. All right. It's kind of yeah. negative, but it, I meant it as a anyway, positive. Because you have so much knowledge. Chimes. All right. I do so have so much knowledge. for my What Grinds My Gears because it's related to Google Ads. Oh, nice. Okay. So um, next thing, have you tried video marketing yet? Yes. I think that that's something. Oh. Johnny website, see yourself out. Um, I think that video marketing is something that, um, again, especially small businesses, uh, it's not the first thing that they do when they're like, when they're even starting their business or when they're starting their um, digital marketing journey. That's not the very first thing on their list. They're usually checking a couple of other things off first, like, you know, get a website, maybe start a social media page. Um, 
even just get some uh, hire a photographer to get some imagery for your website, things like that. Video marketing kind of comes a little bit later. So that might very well be something that you haven't explored yet, but it's something that is very powerful because um, especially right now, like everything is so visual. Um, everyone wants to consume, you know, videos or just really good imagery. Um, so if you haven't done much with video yet, that's definitely something that we really recommend. Ellie, you kind of hinted on this, but just to kind of bring it home, um, I can't tell you how many nonprofits and small businesses I have seen that have spent hundreds or thousands of dollars on a beautiful video that they have no idea what to do with because they Mm -hmm. haven't set up the digital channels to actually share that video with current and prospective customers. Um, So kind of what she was saying, like there are steps that come before having that video in place. Like, you know, maybe it's setting up a YouTube channel or setting like establishing your social media presence or making sure that you have a website that you can actually embed videos on that it looks nice on desktop and mobile. Um, But then once you do have those channels set up to actually share this um, asset that you're going to spend a lot of money on, then yeah, I think it's a great place, especially for like testimonials um, or just like really immersing people in the experience of your business. Um, I mean, it's invaluable. People love video. So Mm -hmm. yeah, just keep that in mind. If you're going to like spend the money to like have Mm -hmm. this beautiful asset, make sure you have a way to share it with everybody so it doesn't just get buried in somebody's Google Drive. Yeah, that's a, a that's a great point, Ellen. Because again, like it's not it is not cheap to have quality videos created for your business. No. It's for good reason. It takes forever to shoot those. Yeah, them. it's a very creative. It. Yeah, it's very it's a very great thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's not cheap if you want to do it well and do it right. But then once you have that, it's now how do you use it? Um, how how are you gonna actually get your money's worth of of your video out of your video? Um. Yeah, Johnny we're having that happen with a client. Either. Oh, <laughs> you both just yelled at me. What? I know. What, what no, I was just gonna say we're having that happen with a client right now that they have spent a ton of money on these beautiful videos, um, but they're currently working with a website that we didn't build. That you know, when when you put them up there, it's not very easy to watch them on mobile, and they don't mm-hmm. look all that great on desktop, and so and it can be hard to find them too. So it's just it's a real bummer because they're great videos. So, there yeah. are um, everyone. Uh, for the, I'd say everyone, most people have a have a great HD phone cam that that can take great video. Like even if you have like an iPhone that's like four or five versions ago, like it's full HD. If you if you do something with decent lighting and kind of a quiet environment, or buy like a cheapy lapel mic that plugs into the phone, like you can make great videos on a low budget. It's, mm-hmm. it's for the most part videos of small business owners. It's the creativity and what goes into the video, not the video itself. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, so don't think that I don't I don't have a thousand dollars per minute, which is typically a um, a videographer's fee to come out and film, record, produce, and put out there. If you don't have a thousand dollars a minute. You can do a video in an hour if you have a good idea. Like you can put it together. So don't feel like just because you don't have the budget, you can't do something good. You can do something because something good is better than nothing at all. And then yeah. maybe you do a couple of those, and you like, we do that at Youngs. We do a lot of our videos internally. They're not great, but they're funny. They're cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all of them hit, but some of them are fine. And then we also pay a more professional company to do bigger videos that we do uh, more distribution with. General ones, something about the event center, something about fall. So those are something that 
I suppose I could find the time to get my drone out and do these like large panning shots and get the lighting, you know, borrow someone's lighting and get some mics. But like, I would rather just get it professionally done. Uh, but mm-hmm. smaller videos like Scarlet Eat and Flavor of the Week, those are cute. I did, I, yeah. you know, we shot uh, eight of those in an hour and it's going to, it takes me about 15 minutes to produce each one. Do they look fantastic? Not exactly, but they're cute. And it's a little girl eating ice cream. So it doesn't have to be like ready to go. Like on, professional, yeah. On, yeah it's night, not painful night. to watch. Like you're not like shaking the camera the whole time. And yeah, I, I, so. the, the phone or the, I had the camera on a tripod and she's got a uh, Bluetooth mic. Yeah. That's it. And so I, I, I probably spent $500 on the equipment and I can use those in perpetuity. And that's, I mean, that's a really good point, John. Just, um, you know, you do have the ability to shoot this stuff yourself, but really just keep in mind how it does look. Um, and keeping, you know, the vision of your business and your goals in line when you're shooting these videos. So making sure that, um, you have a good vision for this video and nothing in it is going to come off as like, I don't know, like offensive or weird or bad. Um, but again, it, no, it doesn't have to be perfect and professional, but just like you just said, John, like it should definitely, you should put a little bit of work into it to make sure that you're not just holding the camera and it's, shaking all around and people are going to get a headache from watching it well even the pilk yeah, video I, that you literally shot like you were just, i did we, i just we was didn't have it on a tripod yeah we no. just you're just standing still yep. so i mean th- those uh and and then um for that one i used uh luma fusion and uh, ipad app and then but the ones i'm doing with the flavor of the week i'm using i'm doing that in canva for it mm-hmm. for god's sakes so i just you know yeah. i'm clipping up i'm clipping them up in in uh like finder or something on my computer and I just take those clips and put, put them in Canva. It makes a movie. So yeah. you, you don't even have to have great software. You can just have like really basic software yeah. to get it done. Yeah, it's pretty easy. So yeah, definitely something to consider um, if you're not already doing so. And yeah, yeah, and not to always plug them, but Young's Dairy, they do a really good job with, with video marketing and u- utilizing just small videos even or the more like commercial ones. Oh, thanks. So check them out on social media. <laughs> Um, all right. Last thing really quick. Um, this is kind of just all encompassing everything that we've talked about and we actually kind of did do a whole episode on this as well. Um, have you reviewed your website for any updates needed, um, as you head into the new year? Like have you, it's probably a good time to do a content audit if you haven't done so already. Um, and this is just even looking for, um, is all of the information accurate for this year? Like have products changed, have prices changed? Um, do you have outdated imagery on your website? Are there old employees? Is there a picture of your old office on there? Um, whatever it might be, it just give it a good scan for things that are outdated. If you're a nonprofit, um, sometimes January is when a lot of boards get updated, um, have to have new members come in, stuff like that. So make sure you get any new images you need, stuff like that. Um, other things that I most recently noticed when I was talking to somebody, t- talking to a client, is this is a good time to look at your about slash history page. Um, because I've noticed that a lot of people, when they write that content, they say like, we've been in business for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And they wrote that content five years ago. Um, so this is a really good time to take a look at that and say like, okay, let's do the math. Let's change that out to, you know, we were founded in X, like put in the year, the year then and yeah. kind of get rid of Just those Just put things. a plus sign next to it. We've been open for <clears throat> 10 plus years. What happens no, when you get to 20? Enough. 
Well, it's 10 plus is still accurate. True. Um, but little things like that that you can look for across your website and not just your website, even like your social media. Um, like if you need to update a profile picture because it has something from 2022 in it or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. This is just a good time to get rid of everything that says 2022 and ring in the new year. Look at your whoop, footer. Whoop. Um, look at your footer as yes. well. Like I, I, uh, I noticed that good one, quite a bit, but that's more of a, a programming thing than anybody else. Like if I see looking at someone's website and it says copyright 2019, I'm like, oh, you have an update. I know exactly when you did your last website version. Um, mm. So we, we've got a code on our websites that just it keeps the current year. So it's always, you know, like yeah. Young says 1869 to basically it's a Java code for now. So it always, mm-hmm. it's always updated because for a while I was making a reminder on January 1 and logging into all my websites and changing the code. And then I realized Yikes. it was an easier way. So yeah, yeah that's, that's an easy thing to get in and uh, probably change or call your web developer and get it changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good End stuff, kids. Mic drop. Is it time? <laughs> it is officially time. Ellen has been just like uh, itching over there for this. It's true. What grinds your gears, Ellen? Here's what grinds my gears today. Well, I actually had a few things, so I had to decide on the one thing. I was having a John day. Um, what grinds my gears today that I want to share, I'll share this one. Well, John, you normally have like 12 things. That you're like, I had like 12 things, but I just chose oh, this okay. one to share Oh, okay. I thought you were today. implying that I'm very grumpy. No, I, listen. Um, I had 12 things last week, and I shared all 12 things last week. So, um, <laughs> so my great. one for this week is when small businesses or nonprofits do not have access to their accounts or their digital marketing assets. Hmm. Um, so whether that's like your Facebook page, your digital ads account, access to the back end of your website, um, a folder with all of your branding and logo files and everything. Um, it really grinds my gears when, Marketing partners are not upfront with their clients about making sure that they have everything that has to do with their business and their branding. Um, Because a lot of the times these small business owners also don't know the things that they should be asking for. Now, I understand if that's like a part of your business model, that's what you've decided is going to work best for your business. Um, It's just not Shadow Out Design's business model because we think that you should be empowering small to medium-sized businesses um, to really own their digital presence and then be, you know, their their Dora the Explorer were the map. So they're they're (laughs) the main focus. They're the ones on the journey. We're the ones guiding. Um, So, yeah, it just really grinds my gears when – People don't have access to the things that they need to have access for for their brands. And most of the time, it's not their fault because they don't even know what they're supposed to be asking for. Agreed. That's a good one. Thanks. Yeah. My, my philosophy has always been on stuff like that is if you are as good as you say you are, you shouldn't be afraid of your client getting up and leaving you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, would if, if one of our bigger clients were to say, we're tired of you, uh, we're going to go somewhere else. Would I be less than pleased about it? Yes. Uh, <laughs> but would I gatekeep everything from them and say, well, sorry, you're going to have to start completely over new with a uh, new company because that's what you get. Like that doesn't seem, that doesn't seem right. Uh, I've had a couple clients fire me. Uh, and then within a year, they're back like, Hey, turns out that other company was absolutely lying about the things they did. Uh, yeah. You weren't as bad as I thought you were. Would mm-hmm. you please take me back? 
But mm-hmm. if I were to say when they fired me, screw you, I've got your domain in my account. Your ads account is mine. I'm not even going to give you access to your Facebook page. You're going to have to start over. What do you think the odds might be that they would come back? Probably zero. Yeah. And they're probably going to talk bad about you. you. Yeah. Every, everybody is, you know, that's the, the old sm- small business thing is a, uh, a happy client is great. A bad client is far worse than a good client is good because they're going to tell, they're going to tell 10 people how bad you are versus a good client might tell one or two. So just, I mean, I guess it's because overall just be a good person. That's, you know. Well, and that's hey, that's the second time we've said that today. So that's great. Great tip. But <laughs> yeah. Um, also, the way I look at that, like you paid us for the work and we like we did the work and you paid us. And so, like, I don't see a need to, like, hold on to that and and burn bridges like you just said, John. And also. Am I sad to see a client go most of the time? Yes. Um, but, <laughs> Depends. um, but like, I still want them to, at the end of the day, we still work with great clients that I want to see have success. I want them to be successful and they're not going to have success if I hold on to all of their platforms, their access and their, their accounts, their ads, things like that. Um, if I hold on to all of that, all of that wonderful work that we've been able to do for them up to this point, and they that just all of a sudden gets shut off, then they're going to have issues. And I don't want that for them. Like, I have a decent heart and I don't want to see them have to start all the way over. Like, I'm proud of my work. And again, I'm confident in what we've been able to do. And I'm confident that we did everything we could for them. And if they're not happy, like, that's you know, that's on them like to decide. And if they need to move on, then they need to move on. And I and still wish them it's success. not even that like they're not happy. It's that like they are no longer an ideal client of Shadow Out Designs. Like mm-hmm. we we are not for everybody. Some we've had clients outgrow us and they yeah. need a marketing person in-house to handle things, or they need a company that has more resources than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing, we've had people come to us because they outgrew their previous company um, or the previous company shifted their focus to like a specific industry or something like that. So like, it just doesn't really make sense to me to like hold on to those things and like not be transparent because at least what I found in most relationships, business and personal is that when you withhold information, it doesn't really create a sense of trust. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't really create an opportunity for that relationship to flourish. And so all, all if we you're, would be doing if you're holding, sorry, go on. If you're holding back information that leads me to believe that there's a an ulterior motive, like there's something right. wrong. Um, like we have a client <clears throat> most recently that's coming to us because of that, because you know the person that they're working with doesn't share the information that they need and can't give them straightforward answers. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't be that person. Yeah, that was basically what I was going to say too. So yeah, same wavelength. Yeah, yeah. Girls are great. Yeah, if I was yeah. thinking in terms we of know. like, um, there's there's been a couple times. Pre, pre you ladies where uh, I had a site almost done and it got kind of like taken from me. Like that happened really early on. Uh, and then it happened kind of a couple years after that. Like that's kind of disheartening. Like I've literally finished the product and they're like, well, we don't like it and we're going to go in a different direction. I'm like, okay, but you told me you liked it. And then tomorrow you told me that you don't like it. Yeah. And then I look at their website like a year later and it's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. Like 
that stuff kind of sucks. That kind of sucks. So like if I was like yeah. a home builder and did everything but put the the shingles on, you're like, yeah, I hate this house. And then you lived in it for 30 years. Yeah. And just had someone else to pay the shingles on. Like that pissed me off a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think we're more, more talking like longer term clients. But, you know, gatekeeping the information behind that's kind of different. But yeah, I, yeah. I try not Our to think is- much of it. It's not it's not it's not always personal. Very rarely is it personal, at least with us. Like, you know, we're very rarely upsetting someone so much that they feel they need to leave. It's more situational like you were laying out, Ellen. You got to be aware yeah. of that because it happens. Right. Well, Last guys, trip. that was great. We did cool, we cool, did cool. pat myself on the back. Like, I think we did a really good job. As usual, just crushing life crushing in general. It. Crushing your life lighting. just like you should crush that like button. But also stop talking about my lighting. I know I look very gray right now. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get an He's expensive just ring light. He's trying to offend you, Ellie. You don't look gray. It's in your brain. He's just being John. When did John use the words, you look gray? You're right. That was me. That all came thank from, you right very much. from my mouth. And right. All right. thank you very much. Smash that like button. Okay. Cut that last part out. No. One no. Okay. Bye. No, no, no. Editor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Ope Here's a Little Marketing for You, a podcast written and produced by Shout It Out Design. Our theme song is Kill the Sun by the Cincinnati-based band Motherfolk. Tune in weekly for new episodes. <laughs>